Welcome to Boating Insights. This is a podcast about achieving your boating dreams, brought to you by Above and Beyond Boating. We deliver the leading courses to skipper your own boat. Hello, welcome back. I'm Neil Driscoll, and this week on our podcast, I'm going to be talking to you about man overboard. It's a hot and relevant topic all the time, but particularly for us as we've just finished another season of Man Overboard Masterclasses, um, which is always a fascinating thing when you get a chance to you know, interact with people at the beginning of their kind of Man Overboard training and, and hear about stuff that they've either tried or experiences they've had in the past. Um, yeah, yeah, I know for me, I've done literally hundreds of these now and I'm still learning every single time. Uh, and as I, as I finish the year off, I just wanted to share some of the kind of tips that I've found for, you know, prevention of, of people falling overboard, but also, uh, the kind of things you can do to practice so that, you know, if someone does fall overboard, hopefully, uh, you just end up pulling them back on board and saying, oh, what did you get up to and, uh, carry on with your day. So here we go. First of all, uh, when you're looking at uh, the issue of man overboard, it, it can sound easier to do. Well, it's, it's pretty simple, really. You you actually just need to break the whole thing down into very very simple steps. Uh, I like to look at it under the banner of prevention, spotting, recovery, and practice. And that's what I'm going to look at with you now. So. First of all, in terms of your simple step of prevention, well, what can you do? Um, well, first of all, you can make sure that you do some sort of a brief. Um, we found last year, everyone we talked to that had a man overboard uh, that had attended one of our classes, then they, if it was a recent one, they'd all happened during twilight races when someone was uh, unaware that the boat was about to usually tack or jibe. And, you know, as simple as they'd lost their footing, they didn't know what was coming, and they fell off the boat. Now, clearly, sometimes a man overboard can be more serious than that, but I think because we often can get sucked into really just focusing on the extreme conditions for people falling overboard, we forget that you can fall off a boat at all times when, you know, when it's at anchor, uh, when it's docking. And, you know, a simple briefing can really go a long way to just helping raise the awareness of people where they can hold on, where they should be, what manoeuvres to expect. Um, and, you know, the other side of that is remembering to take your time when you um, when you do things. So, you know, if you've got a tack, if you can, you know, give people a bit of prior warning so that they can get ready, it can go a long way if you are doing some inshore sailing. Now, the other side of that is actually then... Um, practice so the reason we ended up breaking down the whole thing into prevention uh, spotting and recovery is because i find that the the only bit people tend to talk about is um recovery and look recovery is hard you know we've done a lot of different exercises and it's always hard but it's always a lot easier and more achievable in boats and with crews where we have practiced so try and make sure that you don't you know any practice is great but don't just end up making your practice sitting around and having a chat like turn it into right why don't we actually drop something in the water and just get back to it and what could initially seem quite scary and confronting can rapidly become uh, quite achievable and 
Also, when you're doing regular drills, either getting back to a fender tied to a bucket or being on a mooring, bringing someone up on a life sling uh, or, you know, alerting the relevant authorities and testing an AIS tracker or whatever you might be doing as your uh, practice, it just means that you stay, one, a lot sharper, but two, that everyone on board is constantly aware of things they can do to decrease the chances of someone falling overboard and that can only ever be a good thing now when it comes down to spotting um it's very important to have a spotter um you know if you're on your own you have to be your own spotter of course uh you know if you were two of you and now it's just you however if you've got more people and someone's not doing something then you know it's widely agreed that having multiple people involved in spotting is good but designating a spokesperson to feed information to the helm or captain. Now, I have found that what's more useful than just talking about distance is number one, direction. So be it you know bow, beam, astern, aft, quarter, etc. Or if you prefer using a clock, you can do that. You decide. Um, but as well as having the the direction of the person in the water, the percentage of time you can see them for, so 100% visibility, 80% visibility, 50% visibility, because what you'll normally find is it's not directly proportional. So you'll often get from 50% visibility to 0% visibility a lot quicker than you go from 100 to 50. Now, the reason I mention that is if someone's kind of trying to helm and think about managing crew, organizing sales, getting ready for a recovery, if you're just talking about distance, they might not pick up the urgency that when we went from 10 boat lengths to 12, we went from 50% visibility to 20% visibility. So make sure that your spotter always knows to be telling you how much of the time they can see them for. Then that feeds into knowing your gear. So not just your own personal gear, harness lines, life jackets, um, wet weather gear, boots, gloves, etc. But uh, PLBs, AIS. But what's on the boat? How does it work? Where does it uh, connect to? And even if you're listening to this, knowing that you're not always the captain or skipper of the boat you're on, you really do have a responsibility whenever you get on a boat to make sure you understand how to use uh, whatever man overboard recovery equipment is there so um, try and look and understand it and make sure you ask if you don't know and look if you do know if you do own equipment make sure that you actually know how to use it I would suggest that nearly every day I talk to people that have owned things for years that they when it comes down to it they've never tried using something and they don't know how it works and hence how we came up with the rule use what you have Um. And then final thought for you is, you know, assuming you're doing all this, you do do a bit of a, uh, a drill and you do a briefing and you've understood your gear. Um, what you really want to think about is your crew can't remember everything. So do you want them to finish your briefing, understanding what they should do in the event that you fall over and they need to organize recovering you back? Or do you want them to remember what they will be told to do in the event that you're there and someone else falls overboard? Now, when you think about it, it becomes quite obvious. You obviously want them to know how to get you back if you fall over, So, or I would expect so. So when considering doing a drill, you might want to look at showing them what they would do if you, uh, if you were no longer there. And I've found, especially when you, 
you know, you start a quick chat by saying, look, I've just got a few tips I want to show you so that if I fall off the boat, you know how to get me back. It's not that difficult to get people to listen. So uh, with, your, with your practice, make sure you stick to the rule. I hear, I forget. I see, I remember. And I do, I understand. So make sure you get out there and you do do some practicing. Good luck and make sure you keep up to date with us. We've got some really good tips on our online skipper course for you to help you implement this. And um, look, keep in touch with us on social media. And if you do do a drill, don't forget to tag at AAB Boating so we can uh, see what you did. Thanks very much. Bye.